Good to see you all. Thank you for being in church today. I'm excited that you're here. Well, I want to get going. If you got your Bible or a phone, would you open it up or turn to Romans 12, verse 12. This is short, it's sweet, but it packs a mighty punch. If you want to put a holder in where we're going to be going later on, you can go ahead and uh, head over to um, 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 41. But as you're turning there, I want to say happy Father's Day. Thank you for all the fathers here and what you mean to this house. All right, let's get going. Romans 12, 12, it says this, Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. I told you it was short. Like, that's, that's it. I'll say it one more time. It says rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. All right, let's pray and then let's dive in. God, thank you that we get to be in your house today. How sweet it is. Lord, we didn't come here because we know we're supposed to, because it makes us feel good. We came here chasing you. So Lord, would your presence just be here? Would you meet every single one of us where we are? No matter what we're going through, no matter where our mindset is, where our hearts may be, would you start to unravel and reveal to us anything that may be blocking you? Lord, would we leave a little bit different than how we came in and would it impact our weeks to come? God, would you raise excitement for what you wanna do right now in this space? We love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, if you are taking notes, I'll just give a little bit of uh, like heads up, but today's going to be a little bit different. I, there's no notes on the screens or anything like that. So if you want to take notes, you're going to have to write it down and be paying a little bit more attention. But the title for today is called Spectating or Participating. Spectating or participating, and I wish I was clever enough to like come up with that on my own, but the truth is that very statement is written on our like lobby and on the wall. Like it, it's just right there. I don't know if you've ever gone out to our lobby and read all these core values, but also statements that have come from this house of like what we truly and deeply care about. Like maybe you've paid a little bit more attention and you've seen the giant don't come here. It's really hard to miss, but if you look in a little bit more, says don't just come here. And then the wall right over that we pass all the time says be here. And that's our heart, that you don't just come to church, but you be in church, that you just don't be a spectator, but you become a participator, that you are in. And that doesn't mean like, okay, so is he just telling me like it's time to serve? Like I, I just need to be here, now I need to serve. Yeah, there's a degree of that, but that's not our heart to trick people. See, I've been around long enough that what we hope is that what God does in here doesn't stop in here, but it actually continues outside of this church. That we're participating where God is moving in this valley. We're not just watching it happen. Uh, I don't know if I'm like, should say this, but this past week was terrible. Like it just was awful. And Really the main reason, like I knew for a while that I was doing this, I was excited about it. And when I was praying, kind of the first thing I felt like God told me that he was wanting me to talk about was prayer. And I was like, sweet, 
I love prayer. Like, I've read books on prayer. We've talked about it before. I've talked about it before. I'll just pull something, craft it. We'll put it together. It's going to be so sweet. It's Father's Day weekend. And really, in my heart, I was also like, this is going to be easy. Like, thank you, God, that you didn't give me something like, hey, talk about, like, the complexity of, like, the world and this. And just, like, prayer. Sounds pretty simple. And I was excited, and as I was starting to put together what I felt like God was asking me to do, I was excited, I I saw it, and I started practicing it. I started maybe rehearsing it a little bit. And for some reason, I don't know how to really describe it, it just wasn't it. It didn't feel like God was in it. And that is a little terrifying if you're doing something like this. You're like, God, where where are you? Like, I, I'm kind of preparing here. Like, I, did I not hear you quite right? I mean, I don't know if you've ever put time into something before that it just turned out it wasn't it. I've had very few times where I was this frustrated. I remember last year, it's funny now, I'm still a little upset about it, so I gotta be careful, but Me and my wife, we bought a house and we planned on redoing it. And I was probably a little overly confident in my ability to do everything. But I was like, my dad was like, did it all the time. Like I helped him a little bit. Like I could probably do it. And I did get a lot of it done and I did pretty good. But there's this one room in our house that has this like angled wall. And I was like, I could put all the floors in my house. I've done that before. I got it. I remember I was just struggling with this angle, like every cut was just like so agonizing, but I finally finished and I was able to move on to the rest of the house. And then when it was time to go put the baseboards in, there was like a gap of like an inch and a half between the baseboard and where the floors ended. And I was like, I just wasted like three days of my life on something that's not gonna work. So as I was preparing, I was like, okay, God, that that wasn't it. Obviously, you weren't in it. I still feel confident that this is what you're wanting me to do. So I go to a few of our pastors. We talk about it. They give me great perspective. They poke a few holes. They encourage me. And I go back to the drawing board. I'm like, all right, God, how are you? What are you wanting to do? I'm excited. I, I feel this. So let's, I'll take something from over here. I'll move that. All right, that's really good. I feel like you're speaking now. And I felt good. I was like, God, this is why the other one didn't work. Like, this is way better. Thank you so much. And I start rehearsing it again. I start going over it and the same feeling happened. Just like, God, where are you? I I literally, this was Friday night, two nights ago. It was like nine o'clock and I call my best friend and I was just like, hey, can you come like listen to me say this? Because I felt like I was going a little bit crazy where I was like, I, I, I know like I didn't just redo this for nothing and I bring him in and it's kind of awkward because it's just like me and him in this empty room. And I'm like, I go through it all. I'm like, what do you think? And he's like, so like, who are you like talking to here? Like, what's the goal? And I was like, oh no, like not even one person that knows me well really even understood what I'm doing here. God, what is happening? I'm not gonna lie, my first thought It's not a good one and I probably shouldn't say it, but I was like, okay, it's like 10 o'clock right now. I know there's this really sketchy gas station that sells sushi. So if I go there and I eat some, I'll just get super sick. I'll throw up all weekend. I'll just call Brad and be like, hey, can't do it. It's, I, I, some, I ate something wrong. I'm so sorry. I was trying to in my head, I was like, is there a way to like get out of this? But through encouragement, And through a little bit of time, I remember sitting in our students' room and just frustrated, like, God, I I just, like, am tired. It's late now. 
I've wasted like a whole week preparing something that's not going to work. So what do you want to do? Like, what do you want the sermon to be? And then he kind of hit me with a, well, the truth is I didn't ask you to do a sermon. And I was like, well, (laughs) am I going to play games all week? Like, I know I'm you, but like, what do you mean? And this is kind of what I felt. He asked me to disrupt a little bit of the norm. He reminded me of a comment that I made to a friend in passing that kind of just felt like a one-off, but he says, hey, do you remember when you said this? There's a feeling I've gotten, and this isn't everybody, and I know that, but I don't say that where you're like, all right, he's talking about someone else. It's this idea that I have felt like for a while that prayer, especially even for myself, has become a little bit of white noise. It's like, I know I'm supposed to pray. It's good. I pray like before I eat. I pray when I need something. I'm really good at talking at God. But that whole talking with God, it's just like happens every now and again. It happens when I make space for it. It happens when I feel like I'm in the right environment and worship was incredible and there's extra time at the end and now I can talk with God. I remember one of the first times I felt like I was really supposed to like pray well. It's a little goofy, but um, every Christmas, before we opened up any gifts, me and my family, we would go and read the story of Jesus. It's sweet. It's awesome. We're, we remind ourselves, like, this is why we do it. But then, because my mom is just this way, she's like, everyone has to go around and pray out loud. And for multiple years, I was able to get away with, like, Jesus, thank you. I love you. Amen. And be like, oh, Mason, so sweet. But around 13, 14, I started feeling the pressure of, like, yeah, I don't think I can just get away with like a two-word prayer. I'm a little bit older now, and I, I, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm actually going to have to pray, and that's kind of where some, some of my fears started to come. It's like, I don't pray at all. Like, I, prayer is kind of boring. I saw prayer my whole life. Like, you do it here and there. I pray when I'm in need. I saw it a lot in church. Like, you would transition a moment. Like, they'd come out and pray, and then the sermon starts. It's like, oh, that's what prayer is, right? But I remember that morning, instead of waking up excited about like opening up gifts and spending time with family, I was worried because I'm like, what am I going to pray? So I literally like sit in my bed and I'm just sketching out like, how am I going to start this prayer off? I was pretty much just performing something. A performance happens publicly when there's no practice privately. And the truth is, there's over 100,000 books on prayer right now. Like, if you just go and look on Amazon, you could scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. You would think that someone has written some type of book that is so compelling that it's like, now I should pray. Not just pray about when I need something. Not just petition, but pray because I simply want to enter into his presence. To have that kind of passion. One of my favorite games is two truths and a lie. It's literally exactly like how you play is what I just said. I would give you two truths and a lie, and your job is to pick out the lie out of the two truths. I like this game. You get to know people. It's fun. But I also like it because I feel like I'm pretty good at it. I've had a few life experiences that feel like when I say it, majority of people are like, oh, that's a lie. Definitely. I'll I'll give you a little bit of like I'll expose myself. If we ever play now, you know. My first one that usually people are like, that's for sure a lie, is I say, I am banned from the country of India. Yeah, I know you're thinking like, who is this terrorist? <laughs> like, how did they allow to be up here right now? And long story short is I went there for a missions trip and I didn't even get out of the airport before they were like, you, 
you're not coming. Like 12 of other members of my team, everybody made it but me. I'm not sure why either my grandpa was like a spy or God was protecting me and I'm okay with both of those. That second one, I'm, I, I, I don't use it as much. It does feel uh, like unreal, but it's like believable at the same time. I say, I have performed at five NBA halftime shows. And I don't say that because it's like, wow, that's really cool. I, I don't say it because I'm more embarrassed about like, I have to follow like, well, what does that mean? You performed at five NBA halftime shows and I have to explain what I did. There was a time in my life, like I grew up playing sports my whole life. And then around 14, I ended up hurting my arm. I couldn't really play as much. And I was just kind of ready for a break. And I had uh, multiple friends in this like performing arts thing that was like this Christian and they did hip hop. And I'm like, I could do that. And the hardest thing is like when you tell somebody you're a part of something like that, they just will always view you differently. It's just tough. They're like, oh, like, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like you can never have that level of cool that you once had with them before. It's kind of like when you tell someone or someone tells you like, I'm an only child. And you're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense about you, to be honest. Kind of checks out. But there's always a similar theme. Every time we did these performances, we'd go back to our seats to finish the game and there'd be people who would come up and be like, oh, you did so great. Like, I love you. Like, it's so great, you know, whatever it is. But someone would always say, man, I love watching y'all dance. Like back in my day, I used to dance all the time. It was always fun. But now I'm just a little bit older. My bones are a little bit more achy. I just prefer to, to watch instead of dance. It's this always idea of, man, I'm a really big fan of what y'all are doing, but I don't want to do it anymore. And the truth is, I think we've hit there a little bit in prayer. We are all fans of prayer. Like I could say, hey, how many of us believe in prayer? We'd all be like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I, I believe in prayer. It's powerful. God moves. We're, we cheer it on when our prayer is answered like, this is awesome. So why don't we? That's a hard question. I mean, there's a whole list of reasons of why we don't. I mean, it could be as simple as I don't know what to say. There's multiple times in my life when I talk to God, I'm like, hey, I don't, I don't really know. Like you, I know you already know everything. So do I really like, I don't really know what to say here. So I don't have the time. God doesn't care. Does God even listen? God didn't answer my prayer. I'm disappointed. Is he, already gonna, is he already made up his mind on what he's going to do before I even pray? I don't even know how to hear him. There are really real reasons why we don't pray. But kind of how I want to start this whole conversation off is prayer happens through discovery. I love this quote by Richard Foster. He says, by praying, we learn to pray. You see, I think we have made something that's so simple and we've put processes and systems to it, and now it can kind of feel like now there's leagues, like, oh, all the really good prayer, uh, like prayer people are, they're over here, they're the professionals, and then I'm kind of here in this middle side where it's like, I, I can do it, but I don't, and then maybe I'm over here where it's like, I don't even know how to start. But prayer happens through discovery, it kind of me being like, I know all about marriage, without ever being married. It'd be weird, right? The truth is I could read as much about what being married is like. 
I could watch every romance movie out there. I could listen to every podcast, every song, look at photos of like, oh, wedding and marriage. But the truth is, I wouldn't have ever known until I discovered it for myself. Oh, this is what marriage is like. This is what this kind of love feels like. The kind of love that when you're on that first date, you feel the jitters in your stomach of like, I'm just nervous. Like, God, please make this well. The kind of like love that when you're proposing, you forget what you're going to say. This is what happens. And this is where we can begin our journey into the practice of prayer is simply through discovery. Simply through by saying, okay, we're all starting off at the same point and we're just going to try we're going to start. Because why do we pray? I love that Pastor Preston said this past week. He, he, he brought up this ver- uh, verse of prayer without ceasing. And it kind of feels like a lot at times. Like I used to in my head just be like, am I supposed to be like on my hands and knees like everywhere I go and just never stop? And it's not quiet. And he gave this beautiful picture of pray without ceasing because God wants to talk to you constantly, that the God of the universe is literally turning his ear to you, the one who has formed every single thing in existence is saying, wait, what do you want to say? What's that? What a beautiful picture, but I'd love to keep going with that idea because you see, when we pray, we enter into his presence. And when we enter into his presence, there's a multitude of things that happen. One is that your heart can start to be unraveled and revealed if there's anything that's hurting yourself, that's distancing your relationship with God, anywhere that he has been wanting to heal, but he hasn't because you're not opening yourself up to him. It also, it gives you eyes to see the kingdom, ears to hear him when he speaks, and a heart filled with compassion to run and move whenever he calls. This is what we get to do when we enter into his presence. This is the life that God is calling us to go into. See, we don't enter his presence to escape our reality, but we enter his presence to bring peace to our reality. And it goes so much further than just us. So I don't know if you know this, but we're not called, like we're not a part of the world, but we're called to the world. We're called in the world, we're not of the world. So a lot of the times when we enter his presence, we simply do it only at our house, only at church. But when you pray without ceasing, what you're doing is inviting the presence wherever you are and to enter to whatever space you might be. Your job, when you go to the grocery store, when you're picking up something, when you're playing a silly little game, someone might come in and just sense something that they've never sensed before. And what that is, is God's presence, the love of God filling up a space And that's what we get to do when we pray passionately, consistently, and pursuing his presence. I don't want to pray passively anymore. I don't want to pray just because I'm checking off a box or I know I'm supposed to do it. I don't want to just talk to God. Be like, God, here's everything I need. And I'm missing the creator of the universe speaking back to me. So I'd love to kind of begin with this verse that we read in Romans, it says, rejoice in our confident hope. Have you ever thought about what are we rejoicing in? What can we put our confidence in? 
I think there's often times that if you've been praying for even just a little bit, whether you've been a Christian forever or you just started this journey yesterday, that you might have noticed by now that if some of your prayers don't go the way you're hoping for. And what I'm afraid that happens is when a prayer doesn't go the way that you thought or expected or it should, so that something happens in your heart where your expectation of how God can move, of what he can do, of how big he is starts to shrink a little bit. Your hope starts to waver a little bit. My brother growing up, he had this CD that I'm not joking on a minimum. He would play probably like 10 to 15 times a day, like way too much for anyone to ever listen to that, like just one album over and over and over and over again. It literally got so bad that me and my other brothers, we hid it from them for like four weeks where it's like, you are not allowed to play this because it's, we're annoyed, we're tired. But just over time, because of how much he used it, that very CD ended up getting a few scratches on it. And I don't know, I mean, it's been a while since any of us have probably used a CD, but if you've ever put in a CD that scratched before into a car or a CD player, everything's normal, you're jamming out to the song, and then all of a sudden you just hear, uh, 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 and then it moves on to like the next lyric, and you're like, oh, kind of weird. It's funny enough, because my brother uses so much, a few scratches got on it that we could actually time, we knew every single like time that it was about to jump over, and we would actually just sing along, like that was a part of the song, like, and we, uh, uh, and, and just keep going, like, oh, it's all fun. I don't know if you ever remembered when like a CD got really scratched and it was like tough, you know, like what ends up happening is that when you play that track, all of a sudden it just goes uh, 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 and just keeps repeating to like, okay, skip, gonna chunk that one out with this idea of a theoretical CD that maybe plays the soundtrack of your prayers. My question is, is there anywhere on it that maybe has a few marks that it just feels too painful to bring up anymore? That it's just like, God, I, I, I believe in you. I trust you, but like, I just don't want to bring this up anymore. I'm tired because the truth is what we often think and when we pray is that we're praying for an outcome. The truth is prayer is a release of an outcome. So what are we supposed to be confident in then? Like, I thought I was confident that God would do this the way he, I thought he should. Our confidence is in who he is, not what he does. I love this statement from Tyler Satin. He's a pastor over at Bridgetown, and he wrote this incredible book on prayer that I would recommend to anybody. But he says, we do not follow a God that we can perfectly understand but we follow a God we can perfectly trust. Would you let that hit you for a second? That we don't follow a God that when whatever we prayed for, whatever we petitioned, whatever terrible thing that happened that never should have, God, where are you? I don't understand this. We might not ever will, but we do still follow a God that we can perfectly trust. And that is where we can put our confidence. That is one of the biggest reasons why I feel like people do not pursue his presence continually. You see, the truth is, is that pretty much all of humanity believes that there's a higher power. That's kind of just a well-known fact, but it's a question that follows is, can you trust 
who you're praying to. Prayer happens all the time, whether you believe in a God or not, you are chanting out, and even if it's just as simple as like an, oh my God, like, yeah, you just prayed, see? Ha ha, I got you. But do you trust who you're praying to? When we're pursuing his presence, do we trust who we're pursuing? If you carry on this idea or carry on through the verse, it says, be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Now, I felt this in multitude of ways this past week when I was like, God, I feel like I'm in trouble because I don't know what I'm going to say in like four hours. How are we going to do this? Like, I thought we were going to do it together, and now it feels like you're somewhere completely different. And he led me back. He says, be patient and trouble and keep on praying. I don't know if you've ever gone to a museum before and looked at a painting over like five minutes. Honestly, like when I go to a museum, I kind of just take it as like, I just want to complete it. I don't want to like enjoy it to a degree. Like me enjoying it is like, how fast can I go through this whole place and being like, done, loved it all. But I remember my friends like, hey, just slow down. Like enjoy what you're looking at. Maybe take a little bit more in than just what's in front of you immediately. It's like, how about for this next painting, we're going to go see, sit for five minutes and just see. And I was like, that's stupid, but I will. Don't worry. I love you. So I remember I sat down and I just was looking at it. Minute went by, two minutes went by, three minutes went by. And right around four minutes, I just like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I didn't notice that detail before. Oh, wow. Like there's a little bit more than I thought was going on. The truth is, patient produces perspective. It gives you a new identity of what's truly going on and what's around you like never before. If you put a bookmark, we're gonna head over to 1 Kings. Now, I love this. This verse has been in my heart for a few weeks now. I've been saying it as much as I possibly can because I think God is speaking something. This is 1 Kings 18, starting in verse 41. So what is happening is that there happens to be a drought going on. And this is Elijah. He is praying and he's pretty much asking God for rain. So what goes on is that it says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go and get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bowed, his, uh, bowed low to the ground, and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out towards the sea. The servant went and looked and returned. He said to Elijah, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look out. Finally, seventh time the servant, he told him, I saw a little cloud the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, Hurry to Ahab, go tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. And if you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And as soon, the sky was black with clouds. Heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave uh, special strength to Elijah. He tucked in his cloak into his belt. He ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of uh, Jezreel. This is interesting to me. When we talk about be patient and keep on praying, I like just to visualize this story. 
it would kind of be like, there's a really beautiful day like going on right now. It's so blue outside. I would say, all right, everyone, let's go outside. And then I say, do you hear that? A storm is coming. And you're like, what? It's blue. Like, it's sunny. It's a good day. Like, what do you mean a storm is coming? Are you sure you're not just hearing like a plane take off at this airport, right? Like, I don't think you're hearing what you think you're hearing. There's no sign of it. And then Elijah climbs up to this mountain. He begins to pray, and then he goes and sends his servant. Okay, hey, go see if a storm's coming. He goes, he comes back, he's like, hey, nothing. Then Elijah starts to pray again. Okay. And then he goes and sends them, and they go through the seven times until he sees the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Literally. Tiny. And because of that, Elijah knew, okay, God is about to do something. Grab your stuff. It's time to go. A storm's coming. See, I think a lot of the time, a lot of us have heard God speak something. Whether it's about a dream, whether it's about your calling, whether it's about how he's going to show up in a certain way. We're excited about it, but then we're like, well, God, are you going to show up any time now? <laughs> I'm waiting. We climb up to the mountain. We're excited to see, like, all right, God, God said there's a storm coming. I, I, I heard it. It's really blue outside. <laughs> okay, great. Let me just pray about it. I'm just going to pray. Like, obviously, I, I know what I heard. I'm going to pray. Okay, God, let there be a storm. Okay, go check if there's a storm now. Goes up. I wonder how many of us, how many times we'd be able to go until we just finally be like, maybe I just didn't hear what I thought I was supposed to. Maybe I just misunderstood and it's just time to give up. See, what I feel like God is inviting us to, that maybe there's many of us here that have gotten a taste of his presence that has felt how he operates and moves, but now it's been a little bit of a drought. Maybe I've become a little bit passive in how I pray. And the truth is, this can feel broad at times because prayer, prayer is a little broad. Like, am I like petitioning the heavens for something to happen? Am I just explaining to God something going on in my heart? And yes, it's all of the above. But I think what I'm going for today is more than just an outcome of what could happen or what God could do. Would we become people who are passionately pursuing his presence? Not because of what he does, but because of who he is. Because of what happens when we start to pursue his presence like never before and when it never stops praying without ceasing, that it goes far beyond this space into the space where God has called you, your job, your family, your friends, everywhere you go to occupy the streets with his presence because you're carrying it with you. <laughs> 